Welcome back, everybody. It's Taco Tuesday! I'm Alex Padilla. I'm Alex Regla. Welcome back, everybody. It's Taco Tuesday. Alex Padilla. Alex Regla with you on a Tuesday. Alex, how are you, dude? I'm doing a mole, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. I just want to let you know. That you are a person that sets trends. You are a person ahead of his time because you've had that mustache before Maverick came out. <laughs> and now on TikTok, that's the trend now. Dudes are shaving their beards and leaving the stash, and you were ahead of the game, sir. This is, I have seen the movie, and I, I literally told my girlfriend coming out of like, shit, like your proof. Uh, I came into this movie with the mustache. I yeah. didn't, I didn't you know, do it after. So yeah, I'm not following a trend. Uh, I, I wonder, did not look as good as the, the men in that movie with the mustaches, but uh, at least I can say I wasn't following a trend with this. I wonder if like people saw you go into this movie, like, look at this guy, <laughs> like already with a mustache, you know, like, it's like I, no, I feel man. like it walking around. Like I, I already know, like people are thinking I did this strictly because of the movie, but no, mm. No, man, you were, you tell them you go back and you listen to whatever episode we talked about your mustache and you, awesome. you, you reference them like, listen, no, man, I'm a, I was way ahead of the curve. I'll send them my podcast. I'll say, Hey, look, here's audio proof of this. Isn't it interesting too, that like Tom Cruise doesn't have a mustache in that movie. But is it just like John, just, John Hamm doesn't have a mustache. I was just going to say what is Cause it's just miles teller. Right, he has a mustache. Yeah, I think that's it. And yeah. that's that might be it. Because so, Goose, yeah, Goose where is had that a coming from? Then Goose had a mustache. He did his dad. His uh, but like dad. Val Kilmer was clean no. shaven. Tom Cruise was clean shaven. Like uh, what's his name? Was, Tim, yeah. Tim Robbins was clean shaven. Like most of the original cast members, except Goose, were clean shaven. Like maybe it's just strictly Miles Teller. Huh. Yeah. 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 It is. It is kind of like a Mandela effect that everybody's like, Oh, everybody had mustaches in the movie. Yeah. But now that you mention it, like it I, yeah, maybe the, maybe the other pilots did too, but not the, the, the like hangman didn't No, Bob. No, Bob didn't did the other guy Phoenix. I think Phoenix might have had a, a mustache. I think that, oh, no, no, Phoenix. No, Phoenix was, I'm thinking was the, uh, the female pilot right oh was she the female so, oh, okay like, so maybe not her <laughs> yeah she definitely didn't have a mustache no, she didn't yeah so it might have been who's the other pilot well yeah, I'm, I'm trying to look up like but yeah but now that you mentioned that maybe it's not yeah that's just miles teller's mustache was just so cool that i think everybody's thinking it was maybe guys but yours was so cool Everybody's copying you, man. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, it's a <laughs> uh, that was a great movie, by the way. If, if anybody I loved it, yeah. It I, if really anybody cool. hadn't seen it, I mean, it, it say what you will about Tom Cruise, the guy just knows how to make entertaining movies. That's like Mission Impossible's entertaining. The this one entertaining, and I I was tripping out. I didn't know this was his first ever hundred million dollar box office movie, like opening weekend. That surprised me. I was like, oh, for sure, Mission Impossible is like 100 million. But no, his highest opening weekend was War of the Worlds, which yeah. makes $65 million. Yeah, I, I listened to a podcast today. I think they said that this new Top Gun movie is on track to be Paramount's biggest movie ever, wow. which is 
insane. And uh, were you a fan of the original? I loved the original. Oh, okay. uh, here in San Diego, um, there where Goose plays the piano. Sure. Um, and you know, and and they're doing that whole thing. Mm-hmm. They that bar is still open. It's now a barbecue joint. And it's all Top Gunned out. Like oh, they even cool. have signs like "Home of Top Gun," and you go in there, the piano's still there. Oh, Obviously, cool. they've moved it around a little bit, but it's still there. Um, and did you know? Okay, since we're gonna, since we're here, we might as well be here. The segue's uh, coming. Yeah, segue eventually. Uh, Tom Cruise's love interest in this new movie. Uh-huh. Did you know, Penny Benjamin was referenced twice in the original movie? Okay, so. Uh- we're we're in the process of uh, our school year where it's mostly just movies at this point, and a few teachers have showed the kids Top Gun, mm-hmm. and I caught the the penny drop. It's the admiral's daughter. Correct. I only caught it once though. It's, it's so, referenced twice. First time when he's when again chewed out by the bald sweaty guy. I missed that one then. Okay. Okay. So uh, he was like, "Oh, you've done. You've been." Uh, you know, he's like yelling at him right in the beginning because he did a flyby, mm. and he's like, "You've done this, you've done this, and you've like, you've some, you've put a daughter, Admiral's daughter, under you." And then Goose goes, "Penny Benjamin," and he's like, "Yeah, Penny Benjamin." Like, oh, it's super quick. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then you're talking about the one in the piano That's scene. The... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the first time I was like, "This is just a forced love interest," but then they do the callback, and you're like, "Okay, cool. That made it better." Yeah. For sure. So anyways, that's your Top Gun review. Maverick, <laughs> go watch it. Alex, with the mustache, still has it. And as soon as you logged into the Zoom, I was like, I got to bring up Maverick and that trend because it's everywhere on TikTok. So I've heard, yeah. <laughs> I don't know like what what's more on TikTok right now, dudes shaving their beards for mustaches or that song from Stranger Things running up the hill. Like that, Those two things are just blown up on TikTok. I don't know if you're on TikTok, by the way. I'm, I'm not, my girlfriend is, and another, uh, again, I'm not like trying to be like a hipster or anything, but I, I was a Kate Bush fan for a long yeah. time. So it's crazy now to see she like, um, number one on the charts or something crazy like that, yeah. like super high up there, but good for her. Dude, she hasn't performed live since the eighties. Uh, yeah. She's uh, going to get a lot of requests now. And I was, uh, doing my, my YouTube research. And I like just, you know, search running up there. I was like, this song, I've heard it. Like when I was a kid, I've heard it. It's awesome. But like, yeah. I totally forgot. They played that at the opening ceremony of the 2012 Olympics without mm-hmm. Kate Bush. Like they just did this whole, like they built a pyramid for some reason at, in London. It was just like, <laughs> what? Like, it's crazy. But it's, uh, anyways, this is a Lakers podcast. <laughs> I guess we should talk about I'm Lakers. waiting for the segue. I want to see how you... I don't you, have a you. segue. Uh, running up that hill. Let's see. Silver Stranger Things. Oh, you know what was strange? I thought this was strange. Here's your segue. Darvin Ham being asked about Russell Westbrook as Russell Westbrook stands right next to him. Like that at the introductory press. Maybe not right next to him. But I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast network, everybody's talked about the Darvin Ham press conference. But I found that to be... A very interesting visual, you know, when you have Bill Orem, who can clearly see Russell Westbrook to the left of the door, and he just asked Darvin Ham, "Well, A is Russell Westbrook going to be here?" And then in B, what do you think about Russell Westbrook? And I just found that a very interesting visual because it put Darvin Ham in a corner. Like, what's he going to say? You know, what's he going to like? Yeah, uh, our plan is to trade Russ. You know, like what is he going to say? 
that's why any any Westbrook uh, re- answers or kind of responses, I take them all with a, like a huge grain of salt. Like obviously, I think the likelihood of him staying is maybe higher than we had expected. Like going into the offseason, I don't think it's like crazy he's back. But at the same time, just like you said, like I'm not sure how else Starved Ham is supposed to answer those questions, especially when the guy's standing right there. Mm-hmm. Um, he's Westbrook is still a player who's really well respected around the league. He's accomplished a lot. Um, you're not going to throw him under the bus in that type of setting, especially if there's a chance he's going to be back this year. You want to get off on the best foot possible, especially since the previous coach in Westbrook butted heads. So, yeah, again, like I don't know what else Ham is supposed to say in that situation. Yeah, me neither. Uh, I just found it to be interesting, though, that everybody just kind of ran with it. But it's like, of course, he's going to say and have praise for Russell Westbrook. But the same way the reports have been that they're not going to trade a first round pick, because if you say we want to trade him, you lose all leverage off whatever as mm-hmm. fake or real as it is or not. Even if he does come back, you still want that possibility out there. You still want to be able to generate as much as you can if you do end up trading him. But um, that's the biggest news of the week. Obviously, we've known about Darvin Ham for a few weeks. We weren't on last week, so we didn't talk about the hiring of Darvin Ham. But I know you wrote about the hiring of Darvin Ham. And if you haven't checked it out, at Alex M. Regla on Twitter, silverscreenroll.com. Uh, I don't know I have the title in front of you, but I, you've tweeted it out a few times and people should go check it out. Um, let's just jump on that real quick and then we'll get into what we're going to talk about today, which is the coaching staff taking shape. It's looking like um, your first impressions. I think when we first started this off season and we were still doing Laker review, we weren't really talking about head coach yet. You were a big fan of Darvin Ham, And I, I was like, I don't think he'll make a difference. Um, it's, all, it's all up to the roster, but you are a big fan of Darvin Ham. You explain why. Yeah, I, I think more than anything, especially with the names that were linked to the Lakers, I think Darvin Ham just offers the most upside. And I, I think with upside, there's also a, obviously a chance you have a, a stronger possibility of kind of striking out or bottoming, bottoming out uh, opposed to hiring like a veteran coach where you kind of have a solid floor, but maybe the, the ceiling isn't as high. And I think with Darvin Ham, especially given the roster restrictions they're going to have this offseason, um, their salary cap books are going to be packed. There's not a lot of possibilities for this team to kind of make a big home run swing again. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the only ways they had that is by with this coaching hire and it might not work out, but I think this is, they're not playing it safe with Darvin Ham. Like, I don't think this is the safe hire. I think a guy like Terry Stotts like would have been a kind of boring safe hire mm-hmm. and, Maybe that might have worked. Maybe it didn't. But at least with him, you, you're taking a chance on a, a younger coach, a guy who, in theory, could be here post LeBron. And um, I think that's worth investing in. And I, I like he's coming off a championship caliber run with the Bucks. They won a title when he was there. He's really well respected around the league. He had um, previous experience under Coach Bud. I think in Atlanta also. So. I think he's a guy worth investing in. And it's one of the few guys on the market that kind of offers that upside. They, they kind of need. Yeah. I think the Lakers, obviously they didn't have a lot of competition. You're talking about two other organizations in the Kings and the Hornets that were looking for a head coach. So if you're a head coaching candidate, as bad as the situation might've looked under Frank Vogel, you still do have a team of LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So I would assume that that's probably a very attractive, lucrative looking type of job. So I think Darvin Ham kind of had his pick. If I had to pick, if I had to say, I do think Ham probably 
got offered all three jobs because he was the guy of the summer, right? He was the guy that was available. He was the one that kind of not came out of nowhere, but he was the one that, that the hype was around Darvin him. So the Lakers, that's a win, right? You get the guy that everybody won check. You get a guy that has experience check. You get a guy that's opposite of, from a press conference, I will say mm-hmm. very opposite of Frank Vogel, very direct, very firm. It looked like he commanded that room. Like Frank Vogel was never able to command a room. You know, it's just a difference of personalities. And a lot of times in sports organizations, when a team does go from coach to coach, they tend to hire the opposite of what they had because they think, well, this isn't working. So we got to go somewhere else. Let's go get a guy that did play in the NBA. Let's go get a guy that may be, a, I don't know if he's even younger than Frank Vogel. How old is Frank Vogel? I don't even know. I believe he's, I think Darvin Ham's. Younger 48. than most coaches in the league. Yeah. Yeah. He's 48. So, you know, you, you get a younger guy, but an experienced guy who's been an assistant for a decade now. Um, I, I really, I really enjoyed listening to Darvin Ham. And I've mm-hmm. never actually listened. Frank Vogel, by the way, and Darvin Ham, both 48. Oh, wow. Okay. That is surprising to me. <laughs> uh, in fact, they're a month apart, June 23rd and July 23rd. So there you go. Um, it just seemed like not a, I don't, I don't want to say it's a one press conference. So I'm not going to take a lot away from it, but it did seem like Darwin would put up with less shit. <laughs> That's like the biggest takeaway that I left. Like it, Frank, for all of the things that I liked that he did, it did seem like if you put him in a corner, he wasn't going to fight his way out. That's and I, yeah, no, no, absolutely. And I think that was something either Plinka said outright or alluded to was that they wanted a like a really firm voice in the locker room. And obviously, you could take that as some shade towards Frank Vogel, but right. that's just kind of the fact of the personality differences. And like, there's pros and cons with both of those, right? Um, but yeah, just one press conference. But I was really impressed by his poise for a rookie head coach obviously has coaching experience but as a head coach as the guy answering the questions in front of all of los angeles watching he did not look phased at all right. he looked confident like he re he, he re uh counted the story when he was shot when he was younger and he was saying yeah, i'm not afraid of these types of situations because i've dealt with like way scarier things in actual reality so mm-hmm. i think as a guy who's won a championship as a player, as a member of a coaching staff, like he might not have the head coaching experience, but he has like this, this gravity to him mm-hmm. that he kind of controlled the entire room and was it pushed around. So um, yeah, like I, I, I came away really encouraged by that. Let's talk about that uh, command, commanding a room, getting pushed around things that maybe Frank was he was definitely pushed around by the front office. He didn't really command the room. And now you're talking about a guy in Darvin Ham who we were all impressed with, but the coaching staff is starting to take shape. And I, obviously it's not official everything, but here is what is official today. David Fisdale, Mike Penverthy, and John Lucas III are all not returning as part of the Lakers coaching staff next season. And probably the biggest one that I think is a positive, Phil Handy is coming back on the Lakers coaching staff. Um, were you surprised that Phil, it really, there didn't seem to be a big market for Phil as respected and as touted as he is as an assistant, no head coaching interviews. No, not really any rumors about him leaving. 
I don't know if they got ahead of it and just kind of guaranteed him a spot on the team, but that seemed to be surprising, but he is staying with the Lakers, which I think is a plus. Yeah, I might have missed it, but I know earlier in the offseason, he mentioned like his desires to be a head coach. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not sure if he his name came up in any of the other team's interview processes. But yeah, that is surprising. Like for a guy who's literally worked with the top stars in the league, Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, mm-hmm. a, a lot of players have kind of praised Phil Handy, credited him for a lot of their individual successes for like a star driven league. Like, you should probably try to go get that guy, mm-hmm. especially if he has built these relationships with coach it, with players. So it is a bit surprising. He didn't get at least more buzz around his name this summer, but in terms of the Lakers, I think that's a huge um, like benefit to bring him back. I think he's going to help Darvin ham. There's a little um, cohesion with him coming back. He's familiar with the players. He's kind of built, uh, you know, he, he has a, a good voice in that locker room. Like, talking about guys who aren't afraid to kind of push back. Like there was a, a game or two last season where he and LeBron kind of got heated on the sidelines and not a lot of coaches do that with LeBron. Yeah. So Phil Handy is, is goes in that same school of thought as Darvin Ham, where he's just not going to take crap from anyone. And he's arguably the best developmental coach in the league. So yeah, I think that's a big, big, like great start for Darvin Ham's staff. Yeah, there's obviously I, – I like having, like, not a, a completely new room of coaches. Like, someone that knows tendencies, someone that knows personalities, someone that's been there, someone that obviously is respected. I think this was a home run uh, keep. You know, is that people say it's a get. No, this is a home run keep. The fact that they were able to keep them is very big. Um, something that I love, and I don't know anything about his coaching acumen – but just his personality in this locker room, it is reported, it is not official, that Rashid Wallace might be joining this coaching staff. When I saw that, I was like, yes, please. <laughs> like, yes, please. Because I don't know about you, but I definitely thought this team was soft. This team had no attitude. This team had no fight in them. When they got pushed back, it didn't matter if it was the Thunder or the Suns. They just took it. And I think that Rashid Wallace can come in here and try at least to insert some of that toughness that he had for his long successful career. Yeah. There's definitely, definitely a type they're, they're going for here with this coaching staff with, with ham. And now if the Rashid Wallace thing becomes official and uh, the first thing that popped into my head was like a lot of other people. Um, it feels like that's like an AD hire. Like Rashid Wallace is mm. a, a really talent was a hall of fame worthy kind of forward slash center um kind of similar to ad in terms of his offensive game so but almost totally different mindsets uh in in terms of how they played the game so yeah i feel like that's a guy specifically who can really work with ad who could be work with the rest of the bigs and all that other stuff but also add that toughness like you said and it seems like that's what they really want to accomplish with these coaching hires so uh, another guy who doesn't have the most coaching experience, I will say he would be on the like rookie side of assistant. I believe, I think he did about half a year, a year with the NBA team and then kind of was let go. So we'll see how much he's able to do on that point. But in terms of the toughness, the respect, he's also a former player. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that does kind of help 
kind of build those relationships quicker when you have that built-in respect from guys, knowing that you you were there, you experienced what they did. Another guy who's won a championship. So I, I guess that's a plus on, on his side. Yeah, Rashid was a co- assistant coach with the Pistons in 2013. Uh, was for a year, was not brought back when they did their own coaching change. And then I guess he was an assistant coach with Memphis this last season. So a little bit of his experience there, but like I said, I don't, I don't, obviously his, his resume is not long in the coaching world, but you're right, man, that they're looking, there's some, there's an identity forming with the coaching staff. It may not be forming with the roster yet, but that coaching staff has an identity and I like it. (laughs) I like it a lot. Um, I don't know if there will be, a clash of heads when you have three caliber guys like LeBron, AD and Russ. I don't know if there's a lot of, I'm assuming there is a lot of ego in that locker room because of who they have. Um, but I just think it's going to be a good kick in the ass of what this team needs. You, you guys have heard me for a year now complaining about this lack of try, this lack of care, this lack of accountability, the lack of everything that this organization, not just the players, the organization has had, and I really do think that this, so far, if Rashid is 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 official eventually, but with with Ham in handy, I feel like this is a good start, a really good start of what this team needs. And you would have to assume they're still on the market for a lead assistant, right? Like, mm-hmm. if Ham were to miss a game, I don't expect Handy or Rashid Wallace to be the guys to right. to be the. I mean, they did let three coaches go, so I would assume that three are coming in. Yeah, and one of the more like interesting kind of tidbits that kind of flew under the radar during that Ham press conference was that he mentioned like they're looking around the league specifically at younger assistants with teams, like who are currently on teams. So maybe they try to poach a kind of talented guy here or there. But I'm kind of, uh, I'd be surprised if they go young again and maybe not get like a veteran kind of voice to be that like lead assistant. Like yeah. um, Vogel had Fizdale. Right. That's why I'm surprised Philsdale was let go. I'm not saying like he was the best, but he, he right. does have that coaching experience that can kind of help um, Ham in his first year kind of figure out like the procedures and everything. But we'll see this. I think it'll be interesting to see who that lead assistant's going to be. Any chance it's Quinn Snyder? No. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so either. Uh, did you double, not double, did you second, second guess the higher? of ham when Snyder resigned. Well, I, again, I don't know if this is accurate, but I think I saw somewhere that since he has a year left on his contract, Utah has the ability to kind of like not allow him mm. to coach house. Or I'm not sure if that's actually factual or not, but no, I, uh, it seemed like Snyder wasn't really all that interested in the Lakers job. And if he was, this news would have came out sooner so he can be in the running. Right. Um, I, yeah, I, I have a feeling he's waiting the year out to go get that Spurs job. Sounds about right. Sounds about right. Yeah. When I saw the Snyder resignation, I didn't even think twice about the ham thing. I wasn't, it never occurred to me that he left to be a Laker or, or, or it, it was ever a possibility of him joining Lakers. I just felt like that was just a rumor, like a Nick nurse rumor. It was, it was, it was nice, but let's be real here. It's not going to happen when you have guys under contract. Um, So you're right. I do think that he might be on his way to San Antonio, but, um, I'm cool. I am, I am happy with the Darvin ham hire. I am, I am comfortable with the Darvin ham hire. No, I no still, picks. No, they didn't lose any picks with this hire. It's huge. Um, I, I still 
am a firm believer and I sorry if I piss off everybody listening. I believe that this team is in major trouble the way it stands, which is obviously not a full complete team because they do have to fill out the roster, but I I get it. Everybody wants Anthony Davis to be healthy, but I have I think for me I just don't think that's a possibility. I don't think it's in the realm of reality anymore. I, yeah, I mean, it all depends on the health. Like Ham even said, AD is the key, right? If he's not healthy, then it doesn't really matter who else is on the roster. Uh, he's critical to this, even maybe arguably more so than LeBron because he he's like the centerpiece of their defense. Um, without him there, we saw how bad it was last year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then Polinka also mentioned, like there's going to be a lot of roster turnover yeah. this off season. And, and obviously so with lot, all the minimum guys they signed are just going to be let go. So I have no idea the type of players Darvin Ham wants. He alluded to, to preferring three and D type players, which awesome. Cool. Those guys aren't usually found for the minimum though. So right. again, it, it'll be interesting, but it does sound like they're at least working together to kind of craft the roster and his identity and stuff like that. But again, we have no idea what that is at this right. point. And just, just remember, whoever they would have hired, they would have said the same thing probably. Yeah. It's just how they said it might have been different, but they all would have said the same thing. LeBron's going to be LeBron. The health of AD is paramount. Uh, we need to improve here, here, and here. We need to be better defensively. We need to run more, blah, blah, blah. Like everybody knows the Lakers' issues. Everybody can get stand up in front of a microphone and, and recite the Lakers' issues and what they need to improve on. The key is, Will you be able to fill a roster to do those things? Because last year, like you said, it really doesn't matter what they do if AD is not healthy. And that's unfortunate because last year, LeBron had an MVP caliber season when he did play, and it didn't even matter. It didn't matter because if AD is not there, this team is incomplete. So that is a uh, <laughs> uh, 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 the deck that, that we have been dealt. And it's not for me, it's not the greatest, but if he does remain, if he plays 70 games, man, if he plays 60 games, the Lakers are better than what they were last year. Oh yeah. I'll take 60. Yeah. I think if he only misses 22 games, like that's a win. Yeah. And if he's healthy for playoffs, that is a massive win. So we will see what happens there. Anything else catching your attention with the Lakers? Any other rumors out there that we should be, uh, that should we, we should be, I did, I did a, did you like freak, freak out first takes undisputed the uh the the players that were in attendance as to those who weren't in attendance did that matter uh, to you at all like i i didn't i did take note of who was who was there the westbrook one obviously mm-hmm. uh, i was a bit surprised by that um but besides it was like i'm wondering if guys, he right? was just there working out he could have been because like, i believe like around. stanley johnson was working out that day and he was yeah. just there right. so it could be because it was Wenyan Gabriel, Stanley Johnson, Austin Reeves, and Westbrook, right? I think those yeah, are the that's four a weird right? group. So it does, yeah. Westbrook does stick out there. Westbrook does stick out. Like, I wonder if he was just in the building. And he's like, what's going on? Say, like, well, we're introducing Ham today. Oh, okay. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe he showed up for that. I don't know. Maybe he's trying to save face to the new coach. Maybe he's Who just knows? Trolling. He's just trolling us. Yeah, maybe so. By the way, has he opted in yet? When's that? When does that become I have official? no idea, but that, I would assume that's got to be pretty soon. I apologize two weeks ago for wasting everybody's time by even asking the question, is there any chance he won't opt in? I knew it then that it was not going to happen, but 
officially. Yes, I right. might as might as well just apologize. Like that was just a reach, but oh man. So we're full on off season, man. The NBA finals are going on game three tomorrow. Um, has this been like the worst postseason as far as quality of basketball? Not by like, oh, this is bad basketball. Just the results are awful. Yeah, I, I would imagine this maybe has to be the most blowouts in a postseason. I don't know if if it's not this one, then those other playoffs probably suck. But yeah, it's it's not been fun in terms of competitiveness. But mm-hmm. I do like the finals matchup in terms of like the players involved and like the like the similar skills and stuff like that. But it just has to really result in these kind of games. I mean, if you're the NBA, on. if you're the NBA and you got the Golden State Warriors with Steph Curry. And you got the Boston Celtics. I mean, that's really as good of a NBA finals as you could ask for. If you're the NBA, I don't know what the TV ratings look like. Um, I missed game one, but I saw game two. I turned it off once Jordan Poole hit that third quarter buzzer because, all right, well, this one's over. Like, I don't think Celtics are going to come out and make seven straight threes again. Um, I'm interested to see if it could be competitive. And I do hope that at the end of it, the Warriors win. Cause I know that most Laker fans feel that way. It's not for me. It's not the title thing. I, I whatever to me is I just don't like the Boston Celtics. Never have never will really would like them not to win. Yeah. I, I, I I'm not right there with you. And I think old state probably is going to win. Like I think that last game, they kind of figured some things out. So yeah. I think, and I it, think they're on track. Clay clay's been struggling too. So if he, if he can just, I and struggling, meaning like he scored 15 points and he's still struggled, but if he can turn it around and Jordan Poole keeps playing the way he's playing and Draymond is just in all of the Celtics head, how easily that was. It was embarrassing for the Celtics. Like, you know what Draymond's doing and you let him do it anyways. Jalen Brown complaining that he tried to pull his pants down. It's just like, dude, like you, it's Draymond. You know what he's going to do. He's like Patrick Beverly. Yeah. You know what he's going to do and you're just letting him do it. So I don't know. I think game three will be a little bit more competitive but I do think that the Warriors will win and I don't think it'll go seven. I think it'll end up not five, probably six. Yeah. Yeah. Six is probably the safe bet. Yeah. Six is the safe bet for sure. And I'm hoping I'm right. And Jason Tatum. Yeah. Stop posting stuff, man. That Kobe stuff. Yeah, man. It's so weird. I get it. I dude. Everybody loves Kobe. Everybody uses, you know, if you want to use the inspiration, but the text thing, posting the text, that was just weird, man. Just weird. Uh, whatever, whatever. I mean, of it? he's just he, he's just adding fuel to the Lakers fans. Uh, once he becomes a free agent, or like whatever. it's cool if you do it. Like I don't like. I think that's kind of a cool thing, you know. Like if you do it, then posting it is so forced. All right, I'm a hater, dude. What do you want me to say? <laughs> what do you want me to say? I'm a hater. Let's leave it at that. Uh, check out Alex's piece on Darvin Ham on SilverScreenRoll.com. Uh, you can follow him at Alex M Regla on Twitter. Have you posted like? pictures of your sweet stash no i do uh i guess my avatar is new but i guess that's it well there you go uh, go check that out to see what the hell we were talking about for the first 10 minutes of this show uh oh wow that is a very maverick picture of you or again uh, taken before i saw the movie so okay okay i like it dude i like now it i'm regretting much. it honestly with that with the movie coming out i'm just gonna i'm just gonna no. shave it all no off. no no hair included i'm just gonna go bald and just so uh Come no, on now. Could, uh, Come on now. Lean into it, dude. Lean into it. Get some Don't aviator classes and I'm good to go. Don't you dare. Oh, by the way, did you see Stephen A get roasted today by JJ Reddick and CJ McCollum? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, I don't know what ESPN's doing, but they can't put those guys. It's like when they put 
Candace Parker and Shaq on TNT together. Like they can't do that, man. Like Shaq's not going anywhere. Steven, Stephen A is not going there and you're just making them look silly. That's yeah, not a good look, man. That's not a good look. They put JJ with mad dog. That's funny. But Stephen A is like the guy at ESPN and you're going to make him look like that. I'm not saying, I'm not saying CJ and JJ were wrong, but that's, you're, that's the guy you're paying $8 million to right there. So you're <laughs> going to make him look like that. Okay. Got embarrassed in his own network and his own show. Yikes. All right, Alex, this is fun. Uh, Silverscreenroll.com, Spotify, Apple, Google, everywhere that there is a, a podcast. You can listen to us there. We're Taco Tuesday. This is Silver Screen and Roll. Uh, search for that and subscribe while you're there. We appreciate everybody listening. Alex, we'll talk to everybody next week. Cool. Thanks, man.